Hey y'all, it's Jen, your host of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast and CEO of Success Beyond the Lens, a business management and marketing company for photographers. On this podcast, I'm going to be giving you the actual tips and advice I use every day to run my clients' businesses. I'm also going to be interviewing some awesome professional photographers, marketing experts, Facebook ag gurus, and so many more to ensure you are running a well-rounded business. So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm super excited to get you guys into today's episode because this is going to be so actionable. We're going to be chatting about a live workflow session talking about HoneyBook, but really when we're talking about workflows, they are really easily compatible between like HoneyBook and Dubsado because they're all basically doing the same thing. So I hope you guys give this a listen. I'm excited to introduce you Mandy B of Mandy B Photography. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay, me too. Tell me a little bit about you and your business and how you got started and all of the fun things. Yeah. So um, I actually started professionally my photography business about two years ago, um, kind of right before COVID happened. Um, And then when COVID hit, I got furloughed from my Monday through Friday job. And it was kind of like a moment of, okay, this is my dream. This is my passion. Now there's like no excuses and I got to make this happen. So I, you know, started working on establishing myself as far as like all the legalities and things like that. And back then I was doing pretty much anything that came my way, any session, you know, somebody wanted to do, I would do it. And then slowly but surely, now I realize that I love weddings um, and couples. So now I pretty much cater to that market. I'll still do like maternity and things like that here and there. But now I'm at a place where I can say no to certain jobs if I'm if it doesn't call to me, um, just because now I know where my niche is. So yeah, so definitely um, more weddings and lifestyle photography. And I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. Um, but I like to, you know, travel. So wherever the work takes me, I will go. Oh my goodness. There are so many things I'm like so excited about right now <laughs> because I'm originally from the Orlando area. So oh, what, really? what part of Orlando are you in? I'm in Oviedo right now. So right by UCF. No freaking way. Yeah. My dad worked on Broadway for over 20 years. Oh, wow. So like right smack dab in the middle of Oviedo. That's insane. That is insane. I grew <laughs> up like this is bananas. So Oviedo is like outside for our listeners are out, kind of outside of Orlando. I don't even know what's like side it would be on, but it's really up and coming. It has grown yeah. Oh, yeah. so much. And UCF has become quite the, the college since I was there. So when I lived there, there was like, Oviedo was like a horse and cow mm-hmm. type of town, you know, like I grew up outside of, for the first like half of my growing up in Florida, I lived in Wedgefield, which is out by like Bithlow, Chuliota. Okay. Okay. That whole area. And then for like my teenage years, I was in Osteen, which is like Sanford, Mount Zora mm-hmm. era area. So that is 
That's crazy that you were right in Oviedo. And my best friend lives in Oviedo. Oh, really? It's so nice here. I mean, I really moved here because my son, he's going to be four this year. And I know the school system's really good here. And I just wanted, like, I'm from Port St. Lucie, like, originally, originally New York. But then we moved to Port St. Lucie. And I just, I don't know. Port St. Lucie wasn't really, like, a place that I saw myself, like, having a whole life there. Right. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I I like I lived in Seminole County before when I was a lot younger, and I always said that I would move back. And then, you know, having my son, I'm like, the school, you know, system here is so good. So, and he loves it. I mean, now he's about to be in VPK, so Yay. he's pretty much established here, and we have our little apartment here, and it's just. It's nice. We're in like the quiet town, I would say, yeah. of like Orlando, because Orlando itself is so crazy busy and hectic. Yes. But I like the fact that I'm like more in like the quieter area, but I can mm-hmm. still like drive 20 minutes and you're in the heart of Orlando. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, what I loved about Oviedo is exactly like what you said. And then you have, um, gosh, what is it called? It's right there on, um, gosh, on it. It's that shopping center. Waterford. It, Waterford. I kept on wanting to say Water Lake. Oh gosh. Waterford gives me so much anxiety. Like I can It's not, a lot. It's a lot to take in. It it's really a lot. is. But yeah. let me tell you, I miss Waterford so much. They have a crisp. Do they still have crispers or crisper? I don't know. What's that? <gasps> it's like a sandwich shop. Oh, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. That was my go-to place as a teenager. <laughs> I loved that place. It makes me sad. It's not there anymore. I've never seen it. I'll like, have I, to I, check. I tried to, I tried to avoid Waterford as much as possible. Like you will <laughs> not catch me there on a Saturday afternoon. Shot like, no, Oh, I'm that sure. will not happen. That will not yeah. happen. But that's yeah, so great. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice area. Like on a Monday afternoon where not many people are over there and you just want to like stroll into target or something like that. Yeah, for sure. How, so when is your son turn four? Uh, November 19th. You're not going to believe this. What? My son turns four on November 17th. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> this is crazy. Guys, I swear we didn't plan this. No, not at all. <laughs> that is so crazy. Okay. Scorpio babies. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. Well, this is a lot of fun. This is like <laughs> totally turning my day around. Um, okay. So let me think. I The other thing I wanted to sink my teeth into for a minute is, um, is niching down. We talk about it so much on this podcast, but I always, always, always love just getting a snippet from people who have actually niched down and really see the benefits of it. I love what you said when you uh, mentioned that you're like confident in saying no to things that don't fit your, like don't give you a good vibe or you don't want to do, or don't fit what you actually want to be doing. So can you just like please talk about that just for a second because it's, it's so important. Yeah. I mean, me personally, like I've done so many shoots now where like, like you said, if it doesn't like fit the vibe or it just doesn't feel right. And I still went and did it to me, it wasn't like the best. It, it just didn't call to me. Like it wasn't the best experience for me. And like, of course I'm going to try to make it the best experience for my clients that I've never had anybody like write me a bad review or anything like that but it didn't like fulfill me. And I want to make sure that I'm giving each and every one of my clients like a hundred percent of me. So it has to be a project that fulfills me too. You know, I'll do like family sessions, even to this day, I'll do like family sessions, 
but I'm not one for like the props and the creating the background and things like that. Like I'm more of like that lifestyle look and feel because the whole like photojournalistic aspect is what calls to me. And that's what I think makes the best photos sometimes. Yeah. So, and I'm not, honestly, I am not the most like, I'm not the best like DIY person. So every time I try to like create a background or add props or something, I always feel like it's not good enough. So like, why am I going to stress myself out and give myself that anxiety of something that I'm not even truly interested in doing anyway. And then also too, like, if I do say no to the projects that don't call to me, I collaborate. Like I have a bunch of other photographer friends that I work with that do do those things very well. And so I'll, you know, refer them to that photographer. Um, I have a friend who has a photo uh, booth business, but she's also doing like more studio work. So if somebody wants props or they want like a backdrop and things like that, I'll send them, you know, her way. And then also like if I'm saying no to those clients and referring them to other photographers that can do those things well, that gives me more availability for the work that I do want to do. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not in a situation where like, oh, this person wants me to shoot their engagement at, you know, six o'clock on Sunday night, but I just booked a family session and I have to create this backdrop that I really don't want to do, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I realized that like I was putting myself in situations that probably wasn't the best at just to like make everybody happy, but it wasn't really fulfilling me. That's so good. And I mean, and if, if, like you said, everyone's getting a good experience, but when you're able to, to focus on the things that you love, the experience those people are getting is something that they're going to remember and come back to you for Yeah, where, mm-hmm. you know, they have a good experience. Like, yeah, that was good. You know, if I, if I get back to her, that's cool. If not, you know, that's cool too. Yeah. One thing too, that I recently realized is like with weddings, like I love weddings so much. My first one was really hectic and I had such bad anxiety about it, but my clients (laughs) were so happy. Yeah. And so it was just like the rush of it, you know, like not knowing, and I was very blindsided and I, and I told them from day one, like you're my first wedding, you know, but they were completely understandable. And, you know, I gave them obviously a really good rate. And now I'm at a point where I understand my workflow a little bit more. And now I send out my client gifts and I'm a really, like I said, I'm not really, I'm not good at creating a backdrop and adding props and things like that, but I'm a really good gift giver, like really good. Like that's like my love language is gifts. So every time, you know, obviously when I get my wedding clients, I'll, you know, go and get them like a little like welcome basket and I'll mail it out to them. And the reaction I get just from that, like we haven't even shot your wedding yet, but it's just like, I just feel the love already because they're so happy and they didn't expect it. And that just fills me and makes me even more excited to shoot their wedding too. So it's just, it's the little thing sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that actually segues us really well into today's topic. And we're going to be chatting about uh, workflow strategy and making sure that it's working for you as the business owner, but it's also giving your clients a really great experience. So let's talk about your workflow, Mandy. I know before we started recording, you were kind of saying that you've taken some time since we had talked like when we first started doing this series yeah. um, and you've kind of dug into your HoneyBook workflow. You have moved away from using Google Tasks <laughs> Which 
which is great since HoneyBook can do that for you. So talk to me about what your workflow looks like now and what you feel maybe needs improved upon or if you have any questions about how to do something better or if you can do something better. Yeah, so right now I'm dealing with a lot of like ghosting from potential clients and I really don't know where I'm going wrong. So technically how it starts off is I'll get the inquiry through my website. And um, once I get that inquiry, I'll send them an email saying, um, thanks so much for reaching out. You know, here's a little bit about me. And then I'll go into sending them my pricing guide. And then immediately within the same email, asking to set up like either a Zoom call or a FaceTime, a phone chat, whatever, you know, fits their schedule or their preference. And then from there, you know, if that goes well and they respond, we'll go into the call. And then after the call, go over, you know, all the logistics of the wedding and the details and everything like that. And then from that call, you know, work out the proposal, send the proposal to them. And then once everything is booked and, you know, signed and everything, that's when I'll start working on their client gift, send out their client gift around the same time that I'm going to send them like a welcome email with like a client guide of like tips and tricks and things like that, things into what to expect from me as their photographer on their wedding day. And then a little time will go by and I make sure that like within those emails and in my client guide, I'm letting them know, like, just so you know, time, there's going to be a huge chunk of time in between now and your wedding day. So if you need anything, just reach out. We will touch base again soon with another meeting to discuss the timeline and things like that. So letting them know, like, I'm still here, even though I'm not like in your face all the time, you know? And then um, from there, like maybe two months or a month before the wedding, I'll send them their wedding day questionnaire where they kind of like give me a breakdown of like where things are going to be, addresses of like the venue and the ceremony and, you know, how many bridesmaids are there going to be. And just so that I can curate a timeline for their wedding day. And then after that questionnaire, I'll go and create like draft up a timeline and then schedule a meeting with them again so that we can go over the timeline. And then from there, you know, make any adjustments if need be. And then, of course, I'll send them like a, you know, before your wedding day email or text or, you know, whatever. However, we've been communicating from the time that they booked me to the time of their wedding. If we've been texting here and there, I'll send them a quick text like, hey, I'm so excited, things like that. And then their wedding day. So um, what I'm coming to find is that after the initial inquiry, I send them that email of like wanting to set up uh, an immediate like Zoom call or like, I wanted you to like hear my voice and see my face and know that I'm a real person. But that doesn't like, I think I've gone ghosted like five, like I got five inquiries last month alone and I got ghosted, I think on four of them. So it was, it was pretty like discouraging. And then like, it puts me in a funk and I'm like, oh my God, like, what did I do wrong? And not good enough. Like, and then I get into my feelings and yeah, it, it gets bad. <laughs> So I don't know like where I'm going wrong in my email or is it because they're just not sure? Like, you know, I mean, I think first of all, let's back it up a second because <laughs> there's, there's some mindset stuff there that I am no mindset expert by any means, but yeah. as somebody who battles anxiety yeah. and, and you and I kind of spoke a little bit about that before, before we started diving into this episode. I think it's really important to try to reframe those thoughts whenever you can, because trust me, I've been there. Like I can send 
my poor client, I have a client who is a, a dear, dear friend. I love her to death. She yeah. sent me an email a couple of weeks ago. She's like, Hey, I just want to set up a meeting to go over things. I'm like, she's going to fire me. She's going to fire me. And then she's going to tell all of her friends never to work with me again. I'm just, and oh, finally, no. like, that's, you that's know, literally me. It is. It's, you, yeah. And then there's like this little voice in your head, like, okay, it's time to calm down. <laughs> like take a deep breath. Yeah. You've been with her for three years. You're fine. <laughs> um, but I had to take a second and like, one of the things my therapist taught me was to ask myself two questions was how likely is it that what your brain is telling you is true? So how likely is it that you're not good enough, that they didn't like you, that you offended them in some way? Mm -hmm. So if they don't know you, they can't not like you. If they reached out to you, that means that they loved your work enough to make that step. And people get really busy. And I think that's something that like, I probably didn't send one follow-up email in the first 18 months of my business because I had the same exact thought process. I'm like, well, they reached out. I said, hello, but then they didn't book me. So they must not like me when really it's just a matter of people get busy. They forget they're sending out 20 inquiries and they don't know who they got, you know, who they've actually gotten back to or not. So helping you reframe that figuring out how likely is it that your brain is saying these things. And then if it's true, it's probably not. But then if your brain's like, well, it could be true. Then (laughs) you ask yourself, what evidence do you have that it's true? And nine times out of 10, at least for me, there isn't any evidence. And normally I can even go back and say, there's actually evidence that you're wrong. And if, if my brain's like really spiraling, I have to like stop what I'm doing and write down all the things that are actually true. So not to get all therapy on you. No, I love it. I need it. I appreciate it. Good, good. But it, I mean, it's, it's made a huge difference in, in my life and, and managing my anxiety okay. because that's something that would send me into a spiral. And those two questions have saved me more times than I can count. So that's over. (laughs) So the next thing is, is if you are getting ghosted, but you're not sending a follow-up, that's my first kind of like defense mechanism is normally what I would recommend is a follow-up after two days. So they cut, they get the inquiry. They're going to get the automatic email with a bunch of awesome information. Two days later, send out a quick, very easy, like, Hey, just wanted to say hello again. Wanted to make sure you got my information. Okay. If you're still interested, you can use this link to schedule a call. Or if you have any questions, let me know something super short and sweet to the point. Okay. Then a week after that. So you're going to, so that now we're like at the 10 day from inquiry mark, send out another follow-up email. And again, super, I keep my follow-ups very, very light. I don't put any pressure on them, but just a, like, Hey, I totally get it. Life gets busy. Wedding planning's insane. I just want to let you know that your date's still available. If it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would love to jump on a call with you or answer any questions that you might have. And then like, that's it at this point. You can make one of two decisions. You can either follow up again at a two-week or four-week mark. It really depends on what you want to do. And speaking to you, Mandy, and the audience, it's totally up to you. If you are, if you have two spots left for your 2022 weddings, then 
maybe not. Maybe wait to see if there's a better wedding, you know, fitting wedding to come along. If you have more spots than that available, or if this is, it feels like a couple, you know, like they filled out and it's like, they have an $8,000 wedding budget, um, you know, for photography, you know, you're like, I really want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever the case may be, you make it a really good vibe from them, then follow up again. Okay. Normally, I stop following up either one or two times. Either I get a no or I don't want to work with them. <laughs> I just stop following up. But until oh. one of those two things happen, I follow up two days, one week, two or four weeks. And then I'll follow up again at two months, mm. four months six months, depending on, on what my business looks like. Now, obviously as photographers, it's a little different because if they're booking their wedding 12 months out, hopefully they've booked a photographer six months from their wedding. Um, but I don't think there is anything. I don't think there is a problem at all following up, you know, in three months after the original inquiry. Um, especially if they're booking a 2022 or 2023 wedding, like Mm -hmm. there's so many vendors that are booked out. I have clients, um, who only have two or three or four spots available for 2022 weddings. And we are just now halfway through 2021. Wow. So that's just something to keep in mind when, um, when you have been ghosted, when you feel like you're beating your head against the wall, just check your follow-up process and make sure that that you have one and that it's kind of covering your basis. Okay. Yeah. I typically would follow up. I would say about a week. I'll do like one follow-up, ask them, you know, Hey, just want to make sure that you received everything. And if you had any questions and then from there, because you know how like Honeybuck will tell you if they read it or if they didn't read it. Yes. So from there, it, I'm like, okay, they read it, but they're still not responding. Right. So I'll send another one, maybe like two weeks later, just letting them know like, hey, like I'm still here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still available for your wedding. Um, and then from there, I guess, I don't know if this was like the right or wrong thing to do, but from there, I if I saw that they read that like third, what is it? Third or second follow-up, I immediately just like archive the project. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I do for, for our clients is I just go ahead and archive it at at that point, especially for weddings. Like if they want to come back, they can, you'll get the email. Right. I also don't like it. I don't like it taking up space in HoneyBook. Right. Same. Um, Do you think it's like a smart idea or the right idea to include the pricing guide in that initial email that I send them? Yes. I... Personally, I think pricing should be upfront. I like when pricing is upfront. First of all, it's going to let them know if they can book you. Because mm-hmm. regardless of how much somebody loves you, if they legitimately cannot afford you, then you don't want to waste an hour of your time getting to know this couple and having a great conversation and realizing they actually can't even afford your services. Right. Um. So I am a huge advocate for pricing up front. Okay. Yeah. I, I always thought that, you know, maybe my pricing guide is kind of like luring them the opposite way. Um, and maybe that's why I'm not getting responses. <clears throat> but then I was thinking maybe my wording is off. And then, you know, I have a business coach and, you know, kind of tweaked my email a little bit to kind of like fit it to be not so profesh because I want my personality to shine through. 
Yeah. Um, so after I did that, then I started getting less, like less ghosting, but the ghosting is still happening. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but okay. Yeah. I guess I have to follow up more. Um, and then make sure that like, I'm doing multiple follow-ups instead mm. of just like following up and like archiving right then and there. Every time I see that they read it and they don't respond. <laughs> so if you see one and it's unread, yeah. one thing that I would recommend trying is sending it through like your regular email provider instead of through HoneyBook, especially if it's been like a couple of emails and they're all unread. It's- that's actually pretty unlikely. If they've inquired, they're looking for an email from you, but mm-hmm. most people don't check their spam and HoneyBook does have emails go to spam sometimes. So I would recommend like if you send like their initial inquiry and then a follow-up and both of them go unread, sending just a regular email, like through Gmail or whatever you have and just say like, Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. I've actually sent a couple of emails, but I haven't seen your response. I wanted to be sure that you're getting my emails. So I'm sending it a different way this time. If you didn't receive my previous emails, please check your spam. Or if you want to hop on a call, you can do so here. Okay. Just to make sure that you're not missing out on job opportunities by them landing in spam because that's never fun for anybody. Yeah. I I didn't consider that because usually I would just type it up like my availability for calls, I would give them like two to three options, but I never considered like setting up links. Oh, like heck links. Yes. yeah, that's actually like really good. <laughs> I don't know why that never dawned on me before. <laughs> you know what it is? I think like, I think it was because I was also giving them kind of like that option. Like we could do zoom FaceTime phone call, whatever, you know, is best for you, but you know, not really like giving them so much of an option and making it really like official. Yeah. Like maybe that'll be, you know, a little bit more easier on them too. So they just like click a link and schedule it and boom, it's done. Yeah. I definitely think that would help, would help too. I know me for in this season of life that I'm in right now, the less decisions I have to make going into something, I am all about it. Like if I can yeah. click a button and I'm done, I'll get it handled in a second. If there is two questions, I'm like, I'll come back to this later. So absolutely. You can set up your links through HoneyBook. Make sure that your calendar, whatever you use, so if you're using um, Gmail, make sure your Google calendar is synced with your HoneyBook so that when you create your the scheduler in HoneyBook, it's reading what you have on your Google calendar. So for example, like what I do this week, I have a ridiculous amount of calls. So on Friday, I went and put a block on my entire day to not have any more calls for that day. So I put it on my Google calendar because doing it in Dubsado takes four years. Um, (laughs) And it's not a whole lot easier in HoneyBook either, but I'm always in my Gmail. So going to Friday and putting a block like no calls, busy, I'm done for for that that day. And Mm -hmm. my scheduler will read that that event is busy and it won't let anything book on that day. So that's why I always make sure that your calendar system is synced with your HoneyBook. So then when you create those links and you put your availability in, if you have a doctor's appointment or a nail appointment, whatever the case may be, it's going to read that you're not available and you're not going to end up with like consultation call at noon when you're getting your nails done. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. I love that. Definitely going to do that. Awesome. And the the really cool thing about HoneyBook is, and Upsada, is you can 
integrate it with Zoom. So you can connect your Zoom account yeah. to your HoneyBook. So it'll automatically populate those meeting links for you when someone uses that to schedule. Yes, I have noticed that, which I love. It's great. Yes. So what did you think about my, um, as far as my workflow? I think it sounds great. I love, um, I love the client gifts. I should, I should probably do like a whole episode on client gifts. I think they're amazing. I love it. And so you go out and like personally shop for their gifts. Yeah. I ordered from Amazon these, like, it was like not even 15 bucks. It was like a box of a pack. I'm sorry, a pack of boxes, like white boxes. And then I ordered a big, huge bag of like shred so that I have, you know, backup on backup. And what I'll do is after the initial like meeting, Zoom meeting or FaceTime meeting with them, just getting to know the couple a little bit more, I'll kind of pick their brain about things that they like to do together and, you know, what their hobbies are and what they like to do when they're home, just relaxing. So like my last, um, my last Zoom call, she was drinking a glass. It was just her by herself because her fiance lived in a different city. So she was drinking a glass of wine and, you know, told me that they like to go out a lot and like dine and wine and dine each other. And then she said that she loved vanilla. She wanted her wedding to have a bunch of like vanilla scented candles everywhere. So I ended up getting her um, and him uh, two like cork holders. Um, One was a K and one was a J, like their initials. And then a candle that said, oh my God, you're engaged. And it was like vanilla scented. And I found everything on Amazon. Like I was, I did go out and look around, but nothing called to me at all. I I looked everywhere. I looked Marshall's Target and like nothing really like spoke to me for like that couple and what, you know, I thought they would like. So I just looked on Amazon and I found everything there. And they, I mean, she loved it. She loved it so much that she created, (laughs) she created a TikTok account. And then posted, like, I had the best photographer ever and then posted the whole gift box, her opening it and all Aww, of that. Yeah. That is really the nice. best. I love that. <laughs> yes, I love that. And yes. I love that your gifts are so personal. That's um, that's one thing. Like, I love gift giving, but I'm very much like, I buy curated boxes. <laughs> uh, see, that was actually something I was going to do. Yeah. I was going to do that. But then I was like, that's not really me. Like, if it was me, like buying for like my boyfriend or cousin or something, like I'm going to get them a bunch of little things that I know that they'll love or yeah. they wouldn't even get themselves, but they'll, they need, they don't even know that they need it. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do a curated box. I have to, I have to do this on my own and make it happen. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think it's a really personal, sweet touch. I think it adds, it adds to your experience and it sets you apart from other photographers for sure. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. definitely. Um, so I love that you really set the expectations within your workflow of like, Hey, you're booking, you know, 12, 18 months in advance. We're not going to talk to each other a bunch, but you know, let me know how I can help you. That's so important. That's a question I get a lot when I'm doing HoneyBook setups is, you know, what my recommendations are as far as like checking in or making sure I'm not abandoning them after I've gotten their money and setting that expectation of, like, Hey, I'm here if you need me, but I'm not going to bombard you is so important. And so, smart. yeah, I even wait. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I even wait after they book me before I send them that welcome email. And before I do the, um, 
Like I said, I'll send the welcome email and the client gift in the same week, but I still wait about a week or two before I do that because they just booked me. We just spoke. I want them to kind of like, you know, just relax a little bit and then boom, like here's a packet of like all my information and then boom, check your mail. My client, she actually, the the one that I just told you about, she hadn't checked her mail and it said that it was delivered. And I was like, oh my God, like, does does she hate the gift? Right. There goes my head again, talking to me. But I ended up texting her and I'm like, Hey, like, I just want to reach out and make sure that, you know, you got, you got something in the mail that I sent you. She's like, yeah, I got your email. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got an email and I sent you something in your mail. She's like, what? I never checked my mail. I'm going to go check it right now. And then that's when she like, she actually FaceTimed me, but I was on a client call. So I couldn't answer, but she was so happy. She wanted to like, but then she's like, I don't care what you're doing right now. I'm going to make a TikTok and I'm going to post this on TikTok. do what you want. (laughs) Just make sure you tag me. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love that so much. I love those types of clients. They're the best. Me too. Me too. She's she's a good time. I'm so excited. That's literally like, have you been to Armature Works in Tampa? No. It is a dream venue. Like everything inside is like all brick walls. It's gorgeous. So I was so stoked to to get that wedding. I'm I'm so excited. And that's March of next year. So that's probably another reason why I'm like, come on, let's get more bookings. Because it's like, I just want to keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. So when I was listening to your workflow, there really wasn't a whole lot that I would recommend changing or even adding. How my only thing is listening to your workflow is making sure that you're automating whatever you can just to mm-hmm. save yourself time as you book more weddings. Cause it sounds like you're already like in that building your business stage, which is incredible. So just making sure that you're automating where you can and And then the other thing that I have been implementing a lot with setups is sending out a happy anniversary email like a year Mm -hmm. after their wedding date. So just something to keep you top of mind. You can do, you know, like a 10%, 15% discount for like an anniversary session if that's something that you wanted to do. It also keeps you top of mind for any referrals as their friends get engaged. I love that. Now, I do have a question about like the brochure section of yeah. HoneyBook. I typically do not use it at all. I will just send them, like I said, I'll send them my, you know, pricing guide through the first initial email. And then when, you know, I send them my welcome email with the welcome client guide. I never really use like the brochure section of HoneyBook. I just find it that it's not like personalized enough where I can kind of, make it my own and make it look all pretty and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, do you think it's better to use the brochure section or, okay, no. Okay. <laughs> the audience can't see me shaking my head. No, but I am shaking my head. No. Um, <laughs> I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast before, like how much the brochure, the brochures in HoneyBook drive me bonkers because okay, so it's not so Disney. pointless. Okay. They're so pointless. I love you, HoneyBook. I do, but just fix it. So with the, with the brochures, the benefit of them is if you don't have like a pretty magazine or a web page or something like that to send somebody to, to showcase your portfolio, your pricing, that kind of thing. They are nice to have for like 
showing a portfolio, showing a few pictures, some pricing, maybe some FAQs, you can pretty them up. But if you take the time to create a web page or a Spark or like a Spark magazine or mm-hmm. anything else like that, like first of all, it's going to be prettier. Yeah. And it's going to serve the same purpose. Now, my only catch to that is the benefit of a brochure is that they can go ahead and select that package. And, you know, that's going to automatically create the proposal and that kind of thing. So that side of it is nice. But since they can't actually book you off of the brochure, I think sending a prettier document actually makes more sense, especially if you're getting on the call on a call with them that that quickly, because they're going to want to most of the time, clients want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. They want to know more details on the packages, that kind of thing. So I don't see a ton of wedding clients booking off a, off a brochure to make it worth not having the customization that a different link would have. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me because I thought it was like, am I not using this right? Like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> it's not just you. You're not using it wrong. It's just <laughs> very, very, just not a great design. But I will say that HoneyBook has done a phenomenal job in listening to their clients and their customers um, and making an adjustments. They're not live yet, but they are coming and I am excited about them. Oh, that's cool. That was very cool. Um, one more question for you. So as far as like the packages, you're probably gonna think I'm crazy, but what I tend to do is, so I have three wedding packages um, and three like elopement packages. And then I have my little ones, like my maternity package, just an engagement package, just a family package. And what I do is I'll basically write like, so my smallest wedding package, it's called keeping it simple and say it's just the title. And then I'll bullet point what it includes within that little package. Yeah. Within that box and then just the set price. But I know that I guess the correct way to use it is breaking each thing that's included down. Correct. Yeah. I mean, personally, I put it the same way you do. Like when we do wedding book setups and here's why, because, and I know you don't have to put the price point when you break it down by line item, but I don't want, I don't like nobody needs to see what things break down to by line item because like, well, I can take less images. So you can take, can you take $50 off or I won't need an engagement session. So can you take $300 off? Whatever the case may be, like the price is the price, right? You're not picking it apart. Right. So that's number one. Number two, I feel like when you break it down by line item like that, it just becomes very long and doesn't really serve a purpose where when you have like, okay, keep it simple. And then it's six hours of photography, you know, edit a gallery, you know, whatever it includes. It's straight to the point. Like it doesn't need to get lost in a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Like there's a package. Here's what it includes. There's the price. Let's move on. Right. So it's just one box. And then from there, cause I usually yes. just send proposals. So it's just yeah. one box. And then from there it's the payment plan or whatever yeah. you know, the deposit. And then from there is the contract. Yeah. That's, a, that's personally how I like to set them up. I'm so glad I'm not alone. <laughs> no, you and I are very similar. Apparently <laughs> I see. <ya. laughs> there's a lot of things that I've said. I'm like, okay, this is probably not the right way to do it, but this is how I do it. And I just whole time I'm thinking like, 
you know, I'm not using HoneyBook the way it should be used. You know, I'm not really using it to its fullest potential, but it sounds that like I'm, I kind of made it work that it fits for me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something that, that everybody can hear me on this is the thing of a CRM is it's going to make your life easier when you get it set up. Yes. And hiring a professional to set it up is great if you can. However, if you can take the time to learn it and implement it in a way that works for you, then that's fine. If you're making money, if you're not wasting time by sending the same emails over and over, and you've automated pieces of your process that are working for your business, then that's the goal of having a CRM. You don't have to do it a certain way just because somebody else says you have to. Now, once you grow, once you scale and that workflow is no longer working, then you may have to reassess and be like, okay, now I don't have the time to do this again. You know, so just reevaluating that workflow like once a quarter, once every six months when as your business changes, I think is really smart so that mm-hmm. you can kind of see gaps before they happen. But aside from that, like at the end of the day, setting up your workflow in a way that works best for you is the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use HoneyBook for like your like expense sheets and your budgeting and all of that too? I don't. So I have an accountant and I asked her, can I use it as a bookkeeping tool? Mm-hmm. And she said, no. Okay. Um, now I will say this. I love HoneyBook's bookkeeping is so much better than Bipsado. Like their reports, the details of their reports is amazing. I'm obsessed. However, what an actual bookkeeping system is going to give you. So zero, QuickBooks, Wave, that kind of thing. What those are going to give you is they're actually going to integrate directly with your bank account so that your um, transactions are being pulled in and you can reconcile a lot easier. Mm. Otherwise, what you're having to do is physically add all of those expenses into HoneyBook in order to get those like accurate profit and loss statements which is just redundant when you can pay a system to do it for for you $30 yeah. a month to do it for you. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, and y'all just so I don't catch any flack when you're like, "Well, I'm already paying $40 a month or however much you're paying for HoneyBook. I don't really want to pay $30 a month for another another program." Here's the thing. How long does it take you to reconcile your account? And if you're not reconciling, then how long are you doing your taxes for in December and January and, and April 14th. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you have a system, if you're paying 30 more dollars a month to have it pulled in for you, it's saving you hours and hours and hours of time. That's right. what you're getting back when you're spending that $30. So that $30 actually ends up being worth thousands of dollars because if you are making, let's say, $50, $60 an hour. out of a wedding or a session or whatever, then you're not wasting time spending 10 hours trying to reconcile your accounts at the end of the year. 100%. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I hope HoneyBook someday will be like a, like a QuickBooks system too. (laughs) Yeah. I know they integrate, I know they integrate with QuickBooks, which is great. I would be surprised if, if the CRMs like took on that type of tech. It'd be nice to have everything in one spot, one stop shop, but it would surprise me. Yeah, that would be really nice. It would be nice. I love the new, um, like the new email integration. 
I don't know, I got an email saying that there's like this new email integration and now everything's going to be like personalized when you send your emails through HoneyBook. And I love that. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Really important to keep branding up. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All Mm. right. So are there any other questions that I can answer for you? Um, no, I think I asked pretty much everything, all of my, like my, um, honey book questions that I was like, am I doing this right? (laughs) Yeah, you're doing great. Awesome. (laughs) So I always like to wrap up the podcast with the three, three same questions. Okay. My first question is what is your favorite quote? If you have one. Oh my God. That's a really good question. I would probably say everything happens for a reason, as cheesy as that sounds, but I truly, truly believe that just, just because of everything that's gone on in my life. Like it kind of just, even when you don't think that something should happen, there's a reason for it. And then later in life, you realize like, ah, I'm here now because of that. Yeah. Yes. So it's a cheesy quote, but I live by it. So I like it. I like it. Um, All right. What is your favorite business tool? Mm, I definitely have a book for sure. I knew you were going to say that. Because it, honestly, <laughs> if I didn't have it, like I don't, because of my anxiety, I think I'd be all over the place. Yeah. Like I did it a little bit for a couple of months before HoneyBook and just having to manually do everything, contracts, like everything can get extremely, extremely frustrating and yeah. it almost discouraging. Like, yeah too much work. I can't handle all this feeling like you need to hire somebody, but you can't afford to hire somebody. But it's like when there's a tool right there, they can basically handle it for you. It's, it's amazing. And it makes your life so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about this question because (laughs) I, um, I don't come back to the area very often, but I'm hoping to soon. So if you and I were to go grab drinks, where would we go? And what would we have? Oh my God. So <laughs> there's a place in Orlando that I've never been to, but oh my gosh. there's a place called the Wellburn or the Wellborn. And I saw my boyfriend and I have like a, a foodie Instagram page where we like try different foods, like local restaurants and stuff. And we like post about it and we follow like a bunch of restaurants that we want to go to on there. And he's not a big drinker. So I have to like drink the cocktails on my own, but I'm obsessed <laughs> with lavender and they have a lavender margarita and oh. I've been on my to-do list for months. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> our anniversary is coming up. My birthday's coming up. Like we need to go here, but yes, it's called the Wellburn and it's in Orlando and they have lavender margaritas and that's where we would go. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I am down for a good margarita <laughs> and I've never, had, I've margarita. never had a lavender cocktail. I never have either. I've had like lavender coffee. Like, um, have you ever had foxtail coffee? No. Best coffee like ever. <laughs> like they knock Starbucks out the water by a lot. They are so good. And like their sweeteners, like their syrups are not overly sweet. Um, yeah. They don't taste as artificial as Starbucks. I don't know. Like I love Starbucks and I always have, but once you try foxtail, you're like Starbucks who, um, <laughs> but they have a, um, a cafe con leche and you can add it with like oat milk. And then uh-huh. I get it with, um, you can get a hotter ice, but I get it with lavender and it's so good. It, it kind of like, it gives you like the, the energy boost that you need from your caffeine, but the lavender kind of still keeps you like calm. It's just, 
it's a nice balance. It's, it's really good. There's a, there's a coffee shop in town that I absolutely love. Shout out to Vibe Coffee if you're in E-Town. And they have a lavender latte, but I've always been, I've always been too like nervous to try it. Like, is it good? I would say, yeah, I would say (laughs) if you do try it, get it iced because it is a little bit better when it's iced. Yeah. Uh, But it's so good. I, I put a lot of people on lavender lattes and I haven't had anybody come back to me and said that they didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be messaging you on Instagram. Like, Mandy, I tried it. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Although I did try a, um, a rose latte before and it's not the same. Mm-mm. No, not no. not the same. No. Mm. Wow. Well, very good. I am so excited. This was so fun. Like yes it was. Just, I love getting to chat with people from like my area, my old stomping grounds. It's such a small area. Well, it used to be mm-hmm. such a small area. But I loved getting to connect and hearing about your workflow. Seriously, you're already killing it. You're doing such okay. a great job. Make sure you use those little uh, how likely and what evidence those two questions have helped my anxiety so much in the last nine months. And, um, if there's any other way we can support you, please let me know. And where can our audience find you to hang out with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am at Mandy B photo, Mandy with a Y. And then on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Mandy B photo. And my website is Mandy B photo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mandy. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.